It's an alternative music Thursday. Why not? We'll do that, right? Listen, when I was coming back on the plane last week, I played the three different versions of this song. Because as I've said, this was my jam back in the day. DJing had the we had an alternative night back in the day in Sacktown. And they would come out with the white hair, the blue hair, the nose rings, all of it. And they would come up. We play Pet Shop Boys. Please play Pet Shop Boys. Can I hear Pet Shop Boys? Can we play West End Girls? I just played it! Let's do it again! In the long version, there's like a club version, there's a long version, and there's a regular version. And you played the regular version. That's okay. Paul Buck Powered Stewart joins us from across the pond. I believe still just got out of the mosh pit from his concert at the Pet Shop Boys a few weeks ago. What is going on, my man? Uh, good afternoon, TC. Good afternoon, Vegas. I'm in a really good mode. I've just come off a golf tournament where I birdied the last hole to get our team into second place. So I'm feeling really good. You can throw any music questions at me right now. I'm feeling good. Birdie. Now, okay. Now, was that a, a long putt for a bird? Was it a chip in or was it a relatively easy putt where maybe you could even have got an eagle? It was an 18-foot birdie putt with a bit of break, and we had to make it to get the second place. So, yeah, I was carrying my team, as always, TC. Just <laughs> like I come over here and carry your show for half an hour. Ooh, <laughs> wow. All right. So when did you win for your, your second-place prize? Um, a grand total of 15 pounds. <laughs> it, it was about the entertainment value, not the money, TC. I'm an amateur. 15 pounds, Numchuck. Uh, what is that in dollars? I'm asking Numchuck. Go on, quick, quick. What is it? F math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not yeah. math. That's just. It's, it's about what Numchuck earns in three hours. Uh, $4.72? That's the one. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> what can you buy with 15 pounds in England, Paul? That's what I want to know. Um, not, not very much, not very much, but Hey, probably, probably about a gallon of gas, but, uh, it was a good way. You know I mean? I say at our age, TC, we look for the small sporting achievements and this was a good one for me, but as I say, we've got other big sporting events to talk about, which is why I'm here. Oh no, 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 no. You're here to talk about, see, I like to pique your interest about all things England. Okay. So you just brought up gas. Okay. I want to know, yeah. even though you guys, you know, have the steering wheel on the wrong side, wrong side of the rail, all that nonsense. Yeah. Okay. What, what, what side is the gas tank on there? Is it, is it universal that it's on like the left or the right or different cars have different sides? Uh, different cars have different sizes. So when you go into the, to fill up with petrol, as we call it, rather than gas, yeah. I mean, you, you depends on what side your car is as to which side you go. But we pay a lot more for gas than you do. So we're currently paying about £1.50 a litre. Yeah. And there's roughly four litres in a gallon. So we're paying about six, six pounds, six pounds fifty a gallon right now, which is about seven bucks a gallon. See, that's what, that was, that was where, really where I was going with this. How much is gas back there? It's yeah. so, American dollars, it's like seven bucks a gallon. Yeah, there's a lot of taxation in it to fund all the different things we have over here. It's one of the it's one of the things I really appreciate when I come and fill up in gas in Florida. It's like it's like nothing. It's I, I can handle this, and then I get back home to England. It's very different over here. So, but it, yeah, you're right. We do drive on the wrong side of the road it, before you start that one. It, yeah, of course. Um, or maybe you guys think that we drive on the wrong side of the road. I have no idea. So, has gas spiked over time? Or was gas relatively cheap? And if so, how, how long ago was that? 
No, it's always been more expensive over here. There's a lot more taxation on it than you have in the States, TC. It's something we've always accepted. And one of the reasons they switched to litres rather than gallons, it was a way of increasing the prices subtly without sort of people realising it. So it's just something you, you get used to over here. It's just a very frustrating thing about living on this side of the pond. All right, so you've seen like the the soft drink, uh, you know, bottles, the the one liter, the two liter that we have. That's all Americans know. When it comes to liter, they go, oh, what was? Oh, yeah, that's that that's that thing. So if you fill that up with gas, that's seven bucks, is what you're saying. So if we yep. just drink our Pepsi, our our two liter, no, it'd be fourteen bucks. It'd be fourteen because yeah. you're getting a two liter. Right, exactly. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> think about that. That's it. Wow, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So wait, Buck Power, how much is? A liter, a, a pint out there. A pint, well, a pint of beer. It depends. Yeah. Roughly these days, you're looking about four pound, four pound fifty, so five bucks for a pint of beer. Um, yeah, it depends where you go. It's going to be more expensive in London, in in the clubs in London. Than it is out where I live in the countryside. But again, it depends what you want. Drinks like Guinness are more expensive than your, your bottled lagers, things like that. It depends what what your choice of poison is, I guess. So, what is the the pint in relation to? You go a uh, tall glass of beer. That's a pint glass. So it, How many ounces is a thing. pint? How many ounces is a pint? I don't know. Of course you don't. I know. don't know. It, it's just we always drink. Yeah, we've always drunk in pints over here. You have different. You, these days we've gone to more straight glasses rather than the old fashioned mugs and tankards we used to have back in the day. But again, I mean, I, you know, you can still get the bottled beers. I, I If I drink, I prefer drinking a bottle of Bud. That's the way I drink it. But yeah, you still people still go for pints. That's how we do things on this side of the pond. 16 fluid ounces is a pint. I remember that from like fourth grade. There we go. There we go. I'm sure you re- you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I just showed it to 16 you. 16 <laughs> Uh A quart? Isn't that like 32? Or a gallon's 32. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Four, four, point, four pints to a quart or a gallon. Something like that. I can't. Again. F math. Right? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, uh, Women's World Cup, even though it's not in your country, how closely are you following this? Are the Brits following this? And again, I've got another problem here. Australia slash New Zealand. Make up your mind, okay? This isn't like a a coupled injury in a horse race where it's, you know, uh, it's the same country. These are rivals, okay? If we're going to host something in the United States, it shouldn't be United States and Canada, whatever. And I know that FIFA and everybody, they're they're kind of more into this. I'm not liking this, Paul, but didn't you guys do this too with England and Scotland and sharing stuff? What's, What's going on here? Yeah, there's a lot of that going on in, in the FIFA world these days, TC. Now, Australia and New Zealand, they are nearly 2,000 miles apart. Yes, they're in the same part of the world, but they are quite distant. And you're right, there's huge rivalry between the two countries. But I think it was a case that when FIFA decided they were going to take the Soccer World Cup down to that part of the world, it wasn't fair to take it to just one and not the other. So hence they had to share the competition. Now, of course, it has meant some interesting time differences. So, for example, I mean, we're going to get on to, to America's game in the last 16. That's going to start at 2 a.m. Vegas time, 10 a.m. here on, on Sunday. The games over here are roughly taking part early morning, mid-morning UK time. Yes, there is interest, and we'll come to how the, the women's game has been created. But that is why the the World Cup is being played across those two countries. It was a fear of offending the one who's left out. Oh, boy. Okay. So the United States has not looked 
uh, stellar really at all. I mean, when you're talking about, uh, four goals only in three games and they don't win their group and I get it. They, you know, going back to 2011, they went through this exact same thing, but in this group, Paul, I mean, Vietnam, I mean, that was a joke. Yeah. Netherlands beat Vietnam seven nil. United States should have beat them seven nil and you can't scratch across a goal against Portugal, who's the 21st ranked women's team in the world. And uh, then again, you know, you you draw against the Netherlands. Uh, people over here are either a not interested or b just saying, you know what, this women's team is old. They're uh, they're not the same, but they are supposed to beat everybody else because yes, the gap in my opinion has shrunk a little bit from the pure domination that we've seen with the um the United States women's soccer team with other countries, but. If we go by this group stage, I mean, it's really shrunk. Yeah, a friend of mine was talking about this earlier today, TC, where he was saying that as soccer develops in some of the smaller countries, we've seen some more surprise results in the Men's World Cup, but there's a bigger gulf between the smaller countries and the more developed ones. In women's soccer, there's not such a big gap. So you get these smaller countries, the newer countries coming through, and they don't have so far to go to pull off a surprise result. So in a way... The, the likes of Portugal and Vietnam doing better against the US maybe isn't as surprising as we thought it was. But you think back a few months when we were talking about the Men's World Cup in Qatar, every time I was coming on, we were talking about surprise results, ones we weren't expecting. Now, we've seen three major, major countries, Italy, Brazil and Germany, all get knocked out of the Women's World Cup in the last couple of days. And like you say, America has scraped through to the last 16. They have look good but I think the reason it's big is don't forget in America TC people prefer the women's world cup to the men's world cup because America have been successful they've won it four times and everyone remembers Brandy Chastain and her celebration and it was a it launched soccer amongst the young people in the states so they the Americans are expecting to win not hoping to win they're expecting to win and hence they're getting disappointed and hence the viewing figures haven't been as good as being expected have we seen any recent pictures of Brandy Chastain how does she look now? Uh, that one's enough for me. I'm quite happy the one we had from all those years ago. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Numchuck's got it on his wall behind him. Did you know? I'm I'm waiting for Numchuck to go ahead and, and and pull that up. I'm very very curious about what she looks like now. You know, did, did she look as good as she did uh, uh, back then? Of course, yeah. The celebration you're talking about, what where she basically pulled off her top. But the only thing was, I mean, what you, we saw a sports bra, right? We saw a sports bra. So why was it that big of a deal? I think, you know, something, I mean, I was talking about this on another show a couple of weeks ago. It's an iconic sporting image. And you know how in different sports we have certain images. Remember the one Carlton Fisk with his home run yes. in 75? You can picture that. You can picture certain football, you know, football poses, you know, celebrations and basketball images of Michael Jordan. And this one of Brandy Chastain, that is an image that went round the world. And even though, you know, we're going to come on to a minute how soccer in, in you know, the women's soccer started to develop here in, in the UK, everyone knows that image. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it can transcend sport. So it doesn't matter what it does. Everyone knows it's celebration, but it helped launch women's soccer around the world. No question about it. Paul Buck, Power Stewart joins us from England. Uh, what's the English uh, story there as far as uh, their women's team? And we know how 
successful or kind of successful the men's uh, uh, program is, except, you know, they can't win the big one. But anyway, uh, talk about the women's side. Uh, we did. We won it in 1966. So don't, don't even start <laughs> that one. At least we've won the World Cup, TC. Um, okay, so where we're going with this one is we go back here away from soccer. We go to the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, used to cover every sport. Mm-hmm. They would show golf, football, cricket, tennis, every big event was on the BBC. And then satellite TV came along, and our version of Fox Sports had more money, and they started taking the main sports away from the BBC. So the BBC have been left with only a few events. One of them is the women's soccer. So they are promoting it and hyping it beyond all recognition. It's the lead story on their website. It doesn't matter what else is happening in the world. The BBC, because they've only got this one real sporting thing. Now now the cricket's finished. They are hyping the Women's World Cup to the nth degree. And they're trying to promote the Women's Premier League in the same way. So you'll see a headline on the BBC website, Manchester United sign Italian star midfielder. And you, it's, you go on there and it's not the Manchester United men's team, it's the women's team signing someone no, no one's ever heard of. And because they're pushing this female agenda so much, it's having the effect of, yes, it's bringing it into the limelight of the average fan, but it's turning off a lot of other people because they're going too far with that kind of promotion. So it's a double-edged sword. Now, the, the, the England women's team are very, very successful. They won the Euro Championships 18 months ago, and it got a lot of publicity over here, which is fantastic. And all these games in this World Cup are being shown but it's, being, it's turning off some of the fans who should be watching because of the agenda the BBC has got. England is playing Nigeria uh, Monday at around 12.30 a.m. our time. And is that must-see TV uh, for you, Paul? Um, probably not for me. It's going to be must-see views for, for the rest of Britain. I'll be watching the Rays game for the previous <laughs> night, but you know I'm just weird. Okay, like okay but wait, wait. Now, now, you are a big fan or you know, cover it, follow it, whatever, on the men's. Are you saying that you don't really care much about the, the English women in this World Cup? If they get to the final, I will watch it. What's this bandwagon here? here? What's going on here? I know, I know. It, it, as I say, I was born on it the, sounds that way, side of it? the Atlantic TC. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it will be a big thing. As I said, when they reached the Euro finals, and it was it was a huge event, and it got it was live coverage, fantastic. And then, you know, I had a look at that to see what the score was going on. So I think if England can get through this side of the draw, and they are probably the best team that's left in the lower half of the draw, because America have got a very tough group now way of getting through because they didn't win their group and they're going to have a lot of trouble with Sweden in the round of the last 16 so yes again we've talked about how we get behind our country over here TC you know yes people like Manchester United Liverpool Tottenham but they get behind England when England are playing we're more used to supporting our country than you guys are perhaps because you you follow your franchises in sports so it will hype up the interest as they go through if they get through the last 16 the last eight, the semi-finals, it will get exponentially bigger and bigger until the point where millions and millions of people will watch a final. All right. He is Paul Buck Power Stewart. He's got a great uh, website uh, that he uh, manages there. Uh, always great uh, Buck Power moments up there. It's a buckpower.com, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right. This English guy who is nuts over the <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, TJ Reeves uh, was here last week. 
And he wants me to, uh, he's already circled the calendar for me. Uh, says, no matter what you got going, you must come to Tampa when Paul Buck Power Stewart is coming. And he, and he told me the date. I think it's sometime in November, right? November 21st, something like that. I don't know what it is, but he said, you're coming and we must rendezvous in Tampa. I've been trying to get you guys to Vegas, but now he's trying to get me to come to Tampa when you're there. Uh, what, what, uh, what's going on here? Yeah, it looks like I'm probably going to be out there for the Bucks Titans game in mid-November. Um, the Bucks have got a throwback game in October, which I can't do. So yeah, again, I try and I plan my trips around also lightning hockey. So I can hopefully go and see a couple of Lightning games at the same time because, of course, the Lightning have won three Stanley Cups compared to to one for Vegas. Um, And, you know, I had to get that line in there. So, yeah, I am planning to be over there. Yes, I'll be catching up with Mr. TJ Reeves. I'm not going to kick his backside on the golf course this time. I'll save that for the next time. Of course, if I come over in October, I could have been watching the Rays in the baseball playoffs. Do you consume more alcohol at a, a Bucks game or a Lightning game? Uh, well, probably none at all because I've usually driven there, and because I'm driving. Wait a minute! I heard the, the stories where you were tanked. Me, I've got to be I, sensible. I heard you were tanked. I mean, at these at the tailgate no, party. I was not. That's no, uh, I was not. And no, no, I was not. And, and you're putting words into my mouth here. No, I mean that came from our came, that came from your our mutual acquaintance over there, Mr. Buccaneerland. I remember yeah. saying, "Oh, but yeah. he was you, too- you can't you can't trust him. He's still smarting from the the ass kicking I gave him on the golf course five years." <laughs> ago tc <laughs> you shouldn't be bragging so much about that i mean that that that's like uh you know facing a you know a, a rookie league ball player a single leaguer you know you're a single a guy you know what i'm saying and, and you being uh, a you major league take guy. your victories when you can my friend so yeah so i'm planning to be over there so it'd be great to catch up with you if you can fly in and just to say that the game you're the aces game you're doing in new york this week that is live on british tv on sunday so i'm going to be looking out for you i'm going to be you know looking out for the, the legend on the sideline there you go okay i appreciate that i appreciate that all right my friend um we've got the hall of fame game tonight i think that kind of just snuck up on everybody yeah is it is it too early for preseason football paul it's it's august 3rd over here august 3rd now i mean i've always thought that the way to remember is when baseball starts spring's coming when football starts, winter's coming, which is always the, the wrong way around it. So I sometimes don't want the football season starts. It means bad weather's going to come later in the year. But as I get older, it, it does seem earlier and earlier. And I mean, even the Premier League season starts in a few days, which is crazy how short a break we've had. So pre-season football is awful. It's terrible. It's almost unwatchable, but you have to watch it because it's your team. So, yeah, you you sort of struggle your way through August, and then maybe when September comes around, then you get excited because the games mean something. And I get it. You know, Hall of Fame, okay, it's a a great moment to enshrine those guys. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But uh, the game usually... Uh, is lackluster. Heck, we've had a couple postponements because of of thunderstorms and that and that sort of thing. Uh, the Jets are playing the Browns. This game is tonight. Okay, we're hours away uh, from this. All right, and no, Deshaun Watson is not going to play. And there was talk. Well, Aaron Rodgers, you know, might play. I mean, more than likely, he's not going to play. I mean, anybody who's anybody is not going to play here. And of course, I, you know, they are going to. Broadcast this nationally, I believe. What the, it is the NBC and the NBC is going to be broadcasting this tonight. Uh, 
it, it's hard for me to watch a lot of preseason football, but especially this game. These teams, now granted, they were in camp, say, an extra four or five days more than everyone else. Like the Raiders are now hitting day number eight here. But it just seems like a little bit too soon. And if you're going to this game, okay, you're, you're going for the Hall of Fame festivities and the ceremony or just to have a good time. But you're not going to see any quality football here. I mean, I don't, I don't know, Paul. I'm just uh, a, a little bit way too early for for this uh, talk about preseason football. I, I totally agree with you. In fact, if I had a choice between going to watch the game between the Jets and the Browns and going for a drink with Nunchuck, I'll, I'd be buying him a beer. That that you know, it, it, it's one of those things. I mean, we used to have pre-season games here in London. Before they had regular season games, we would always have pre-season games. And we, the first one we ever had was we had the Super Bowl champion Bears took on the Cowboys. It was a massive thing because it was a huge thing bringing the NFL to London. There were 80,000 people packed into Wembley. I was there. And even though the starters only played a couple of drives, it was a big event. But then, of course, by the time you got to the early 90s and even the Raiders played a game, it was a case of, well, the fans were more knowledgeable and they knew none of these players were ever going to do anything. So did you really want to go? Which is why we stopped doing the reg- preseason games event regular season games came along I understand why we have to have pre-season games the play the, the fringe players need it but don't forget we've only got three pre-season games a year now back in the day they used to have six of them oh my god you know it was awful and then you know so at least it's coming down it, it, it frustrates me when teams tell the fans you have to buy tickets for these games if you want to have regular season tickets you know, I understand it's it's a necessity, but don't expect everyone to watch it. And, and more of the quandary here. It's like, okay, only three preseason games, but hey, we, we got a game starting here on August the 3rd. I mean, if anything, it's it should be starting a couple of weeks later. Because, you know, we're going to start the NFL I mean, season is, after Labor Day. I, I know a lot of Bucks fans are out in Canton right now because Rondé Barber, one of the best Buccaneers ever, is going into the Hall of Fame. And he's fantastic. He's been a friend of mine and TJ's. For, for many years, I was there at Rondé's first game. He only played one game as a rookie, and he was so bad, he nearly got cut. And here he is now, 25 years later, going into the Hall of Fame. So there are a lot of Bucks who have gone up to Canton for the whole celebration. He'll be the fifth Buccaneer in the Hall of Fame. And they're going to the game simply to be there, to be with their friends. It doesn't matter what happens on the field. You're just there. So I understand why you do it. It's a shame you have to do it, but it's a necessity. It's like almost the Pro Bowl. Why do you have to play the game? It's a, it's a joke, but we get into that when it comes to January, February. Right, and uh, I'm a little surprised, Paul. I thought you might make the trip to see your boy Rondé Barber. And, uh, you know, he's he's going in uh, you know, this weekend. Uh, great for the Buccaneers. But how do you think Tiki feels about this? I mean, Rondé's in and Tiki's not. And if you go back... I mean, back to their college days and then even in their, in their professional football days. I mean, especially early on, you know, people thought, well, Tiki would be the guy that's going to have the better career. Now, again, he's the running back, Rondé, you know, defensive back. Um, you know, you think, okay, well, Tiki had all the love, but when you really look at it, Rondé probably had the, the most success and, and, and the better NFL career. And I think that may surprise a lot of people. Yeah, but isn't it quite amazing that twin brothers can make it into the NFL and both have long careers and be successful? And it's a great story. I mean, they're great. They're both 
great people. There, there's a game of golf lined up, apparently being lined up between me and TJ are taking on Rondé and Tiki Barber. Rondé is a very serious player, so I'm going to have my work cut out keeping him keeping him in track. So it is great that, that players, maybe not the bigger names coming out of college, they've had to work hard in their careers, make it all the way to Canton, Ohio, rather than sometimes your big name players who come out of superstars who don't get there. And it just goes to prove that anyone can succeed if they've got the determination and, and the hard work and the graft to get there in life, TC. Yeah, he is Paul Buckpower Stewart. A uh, quick take on Lionel Messi playing here in the MLS. I mean, we're seeing highlight after highlight, and this guy's scoring goals for Miami. Uh, did you think that he would be playing this well, or is this be, maybe because of lack of competition? What's your whole take about Messi taking all this uh, American money here? Well, I mean, you're right. He's there for the money, which is why a lot of players are also going to play in this Saudi league because they've been offered a ton of money. There was a great picture of Messi shopping in a Walmart. I mean, that was just fantastic. And he even said for the last 15 years, he could not go anywhere without being mobbed. And here he is doing the grocery shopping in a Walmart. It's fantastic. He is going to succeed because he is better than all the other competition around him. It would be the same as if an average baseball player came to play in the British baseball league he would dominate and I played against a guy who played at double A and he dominated our league because he'd been playing for that level it was a different quality so Messi is always going to succeed he's in the swan song of his career he's enjoying it he's been one of the greatest players in football history it's the same back in the 70s when Pele played for New York Cosmos they've earned the right to have that last couple of years in the limelight to get paid I think it's fantastic good luck to him and I hope it promotes soccer down in Miami all right. Paul Buck Power Stewart, I hope you're watching uh, some Astros and Yankees, a four game set in the Bronx this weekend. I mean, you got to get ready for that, my friend. Uh, the fifth place Yankees who are behind the Tampa Bay Rays. Is that the team you're talking about? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the uh, defending World uh, Series champion Houston Astros. Who, who that's lost top. two out of three to the Rays last weekend. Is uh, that the team you're talking about? Yeah, the, yeah. You, you remember one of those scores was pretty lopsided in, in favor of the Astros. You remember that that game too? Uh, I just remember it was 2-1 Rays in the series and yeah. we've still got a better record than the Astros. So <laughs> the next time you talk to your buddy Dusty Baker, <laughs> just, just tell him to go and ask for some lessons on Kevin Cash on May managing a good team this season look at this look at this well i'm looking forward because uh i'll be spending my saturday there uh, as well and I'll, I'll make sure that i tell dusty that that uh, message from you Definitely. No, that's fantastic. I say, I think that the Rays are going to be in the playoffs. I think the Orioles, they're running out of gas. They, they, they've reached their high point. The Astros are probably the, the team you would worry about when it comes to the to the postseason. The problem with the Rays is their star pitcher, Shane McConaughey, came out yesterday after four innings. He may have a forearm injury. We've already lost two starting pitchers this year. If they'd been healthy, we'd be running away with the American League right now. But hey, the Yankees are in fifth place. What a shame. I know, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, the McClanahan injury is a shame, and you know, he hasn't really been that good over the last couple starts, so I don't know if that was brewing or not. But uh, Justin Verlander back with the Astros. Uh, it's crazy. Baseball is a crazy game, as we saw. Framber Valdez struggled, you know, two, three starts in a row, and then boom, he throws the no hitter, you know, a couple nights ago. So, but uh, hey, we love baseball. And uh, our man over there in England, he's watching it from afar. We appreciate you, my friend. 
Well, one last story here from the UK. We've just finished a huge cricket series against Australia, which finished 2-2, and Australia keep the series. One of the games was rained out when England were dominating. But what happened right at the end is one of England's star players had announced his retirement. Now, if you can imagine, he hit the equivalent of a home run in his last at-bat, and then when he came into bowl, he took the final wicket, so struck out... You know, the winning, the, the, the tying run on base, he got the last out with his last delivery. And he's also married to one of Britain's top female pop singers. Does it get any better than that? Hitting a home run, getting a strike out and being married to a pop star. You've got to appreciate one of these British cricketers, TC. The only thing that I got out of that was... What? Somebody was married to a real hot pop star. That's, that, that's, all, that's all I got. That's it. I mean, I heard home run in bowler and bowling in the same set. I don't know what the heck he's talking about. That's okay. Well, we did, you, you and I did try and convince Tony the Tiger Lopez about cricket, and even he gave up after two minutes. It was a big event over here, TC. I know, So brother. England didn't we, – we leveled the series of Australia. We don't retain we, – we lose the, the ashes. They keep it for another three years. So it's been a big thing over the last month over here. So now we can focus on things like the Soccer World Cup. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Paul Buck Power Street. We get ready for the NFL season. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. You too. Take care, guys. There he is, Paul Buck Power Stewart from across the pond.